Hello everybody, Mike here prefacing this episode of Pitch Intense. We've mentioned it a few times, not only inside the Pitch Intense series, but on our other podcasts as well. Uh, this episode was in fact recorded in November of 2020, prior to the completion of Mandalorian Season 2, as you'll hear at the end of this podcast, because the plugs won't make any sense because this is very much an old episode. Um, yeah, this one kind of got lost within the shuffle and didn't end up coming out. That's mainly because it can sit on its own as a little capsule episode because it very much doesn't relate to anything. And whilst we're kind of trying to bridge the gap between the Christmas period, the end of WandaVision, we've got this weird week here where Falcon and the Winter Soldier hasn't started. We're only getting the Oscar nominations tomorrow, so not really much we can do about that at the moment. So here we are. We're actually going to be releasing this episode, which is Pitch Any Netflix Movie You Want which very much runs with the concept in a very comedic sense, if I do say so myself. Also, thing to note, my microphone crapped out on me real bad in this episode, and we didn't realise until we came to editing. So, yeah, I sound like I'm trapped in a microwave. I hope you'll forgive us for that, because this is a very funny episode, despite the technical issues, despite the massive delay it's been happening. I'm sure you'll appreciate this episode and find it very, very funny. Anyway, on with Pitch Intense. Pitch any Netflix movie, whatever the title is. Welcome to Pitch Intense, the Fellow Entertainment Pitching Podcast. Uh, my name is always Darren. And I'm always Mike, and I don't like this reversed order. I like it when it happens. It's a rarity, but... Uh, yeah, this is an idea that I had based on... So I was watching a film on Netflix, uh, one of the Netflix originals. It was called Love Guaranteed. And it made me realise... I've watched a fair few original Netflix movies this year because of lockdown. And I feel like I've cracked the enigma code um, of how you make a Netflix movie. And I just started throwing random ideas out... And I found it so funny, I was like, this needs to be the next pitch episode. Um, so this is going to be one of those ones where we've got a time limit. And uh, the, I think the goal is, like, usually when we do this, we're trying to craft one thing. We were trying to craft uh, Grand Theft Auto 6, we were trying to craft uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2 on the PS5 and stuff like that. This is not going to be like that. We're not going for quality, because that is the Netflix motto if ever there was one. We are <laughs> going for all-out quantity. Uh, on these I have I've literally got I've got one fully fleshed out one I'm going to give you as an example of how you hit the five criteria I came up with and then I've just got six titles and we're just going to try and hit tick those boxes and move on the shittier the idea the better Michael <laughs> cool um, yeah so we've got that we've got a random title generator as well if we happen to run out of uh, stuff to use um, I'm going to also be talking about some of the ones that me and my wife came up with, which honestly are probably far better than we uh, needed them to be. But this this is going to be fun. It's going to be a little yeah. fun experiment. So, so just in case you haven't read the title of the episode, the title is Pitch Any movie, any Netflix Movie Ever. Just like yep. as many Netflix films as you can. So I, I will give you the criteria. Because basically, like, cause I'm not saying Netflix movies are bad. That's not what we're aiming for here. It's just that... It seems to me there's a bit of a like there's a weighing out for every Roma, their Oscar nominated movie that they had, there's at least five shitty Adam Fan Adam Sandler movies to balance that out. 
I don't know why they felt the need to do that to themselves, but that seems to be the way they're going forward, and it's worked out pretty well so far. Um, the five rules I feel you need to hit for these movies, like Love Guaranteed and The Holiday and so on, is you're allowed one major name. I'm not talking like Tom Cruise, George Clooney level of people, but a name that everyone knows, the people who are in the target demographic for Netflix will have heard of and be interested in seeing what they're doing. Uh, you can have a very attractive but much cheaper second lead who is the romantic interest. Um, doesn't really matter if that's the, the man of the situation, the woman of the situation or whatever. They, they can't be as major. Maybe you've seen them in other Netflix films, but they can't be have the star pair of the other one because then I think that breaks the budget. You're allowed one major name and one second one. They have to be stunningly attractive, though. That's kind of the rules here. Um, point number three. The plot needs to revolve around a modern quirk that is too small for major studios, major studios to give a shit about. Um, so, The Holiday, if you haven't seen that, it stars um, Emma Roberts, so Julia Roberts' niece, I think she is. She's your major name. Um, it's got a guy who I've never seen anything else, an Australian actor. Very attractive, but don't think I've seen him anything else. Um, the plot revolves around the modern quirk of holidating. You have a friend who you, whenever like a big holiday comes around, so like Christmas or New Year or Easter or whatever, they're like your, the person you bring along so your family don't pick on you for not having a boyfriend or girlfriend. You're not in a relationship necessarily, you're just bringing them along to avoid like the, why aren't you in a relationship yet? So that's that modern quirk that rolls around. Uh, Love Guarantee is basically someone taking on Tinder for saying, you know, they aren't to a dating website that guarantees love, in the fine print, says you have to go on a thousand dates before that applies, that you can then ask for your money back. The um, the guy from, uh, he's in uh, New Girl, uh, he's coaching New Girl, um, he's like your major star, and then your secondary lead was in uh, uh, She's All That, I think. I think. Right. And she's the lawyer. He's the person who's been on 999 dates. He's about hit a thousand and they're going to sue the thing. So it's based on, you know, modern internet dating. Um, number four, it has to be set somewhere beautiful so the film can offset its cost by having a location pay to be used. So Love Guaranteed is set in Seattle. So they basically go around all the nice parts of Seattle and Portland and it looks like an advert for Seattle and Portland. Um Holiday, I can't remember where that was, but there's lots of like nice scenery and stuff like that. There's one that's got Amy uh, Amy Fowler in, where they just it's just an advert for Marcus Vineyard in um, in California. <laughs> that's all it is. It's an excuse for them to go on a on a holiday to Marcus Vineyard and just show them drinking wine in all these beautiful places. Um, some of the Adam's family, uh, Adam Sandler ones, especially the one with Drew Barrymore, that um, it's like matched or blended. That's it. That's just an excuse to go to Africa and shoot a nice movie over there. So anything you can do to be set in a very lush location that looks very nice on, on with you know, a bit of Vaseline on the lens, all good. Um, and number five, it needs to be wrapped up in a simple way in 90 minutes. We are not looking for complexity here, people. This is people who are bored on a Tuesday night flicking through the menu uh, and just want to watch something easy to digest that they can probably be on their phone during as well and not mm. lose the plot. We're not looking for, like, you know, we're, we're not looking for Rashomon here. We're not looking for Inception. We're looking for very straightforward plots. So. <laughs> okay, cool. With all Let's that being it. said, 
we had, trust me, again, we're not going for quality here. I just thought this would be a laugh. Basically, this is my Christmas present to myself. Um, I've got an example where I've, this is the only one I've plotted out in full, that I feel like hits all of the necessary requirements to be picked out of uh, the menu. On You could easily see this being a Netflix movie. You could easily see this popping up when you're crawling through the options on Netflix, which, by the way, is my fiance's favourite show on Netflix. It's just the menu. Um, I cannot tell you how many hours of my life I've lost watching that. Um, I love you, Rachel, if you're listening. Um, so here we go. This is this is the only one, like I said, I've, I've plotted it in full just to give you an example before we set the timer for half an hour. This is called Axe the Question. Uh, Aubrey Plaza is Summer, a wildlife photographer who lives in the Redwood Forest of San Francisco. Tick. With her long-term boyfriend, Max, played by David Corrinsweet, who's... Um, Handsome, be wonderful from Hollywood. I don't know what his actual name was in that. I think it's Jack. He's the guy I watched Hollywood and went, my God, he needs to be Superman at some point. Yeah. Cheap, very attractive. Um, who owns an axe-throwing bar on the outskirts of the forest. <laughs> Modern quirk. Summer frets with her over-the-top Puerto Rican mother, played by Rosie Perez, that Max hasn't asked the question yet, and she's worried he never will. Max is busy trading for the big axe-throwing tournament instead, not realising he's letting Summer down. He's offered her dream job at National Geographic, and she thinks she'll have to leave Max, but eventually he throws the final of the tournament to propose, chopping a boxing heart with the lax axe to reveal the ring. End scene. <laughs> I am surprised that's not a Netflix movie because that hits or your major star is Ori Plaza. You've got Hanson B. Wonderful from Hollywood as your um, very attractive, much cheaper second lead. I will point out because we're trying to cast people who would be cheap, I will probably just be referring to them as Hanson B. Wonderful um, instead of an actual actor. Um, the plot revolves on modern, modern quirk, axe throwing, um, which is all the rage at the moment. Um, set somewhere beautiful, Redwood Forest in San Francisco, and it's all wrapped up in a simple way in 90 minutes. There's an act throwing tournament, he proposed at the end of it. Packed it, booked it, fucked off. So that is what we're going for here. That's the fucking catchphrase for this episode. Yes, we're just, bang, that's done. Bang, that's done. Because, again, Netflix put out an original movie, it seems, maybe even two or three a week. They are not looking for nuance necessarily. Maybe once or twice a year they'll actually put the effort in but usually they're just trying to churn because that's how mm. Netflix survives. We're just having constantly new content. So I just realized that only one of my four that I've prepared for this only fit, fits that mold. I think I actually made three, I made three films that I actually want to watch and then one crappy Netflix one. Yeah, here we go. This is how we can fix it and try and fill in those blanks. So it hits all the criteria. So yep. this, this again this is a light and airy podcast, people. Don't expect us to actually come up with anything you'd probably want to watch, but hear us out. Right, I'm going to start 30 seconds. Strap yourselves in. Here we go. Right, kick off, Michael. I've already talked. Right, okay. Um, the, the one that basically fits the um, uh, the criteria that I did, uh, we used a random movie title generator. We got the title Laughing at My Future. Uh, Christopher Mintz Platz plays a total loser who, whose yep. life is going nowhere and somehow manages to bag a hot wife when he proposes to his high school sweetheart. Years later, his dreams of becoming an actor have not been fulfilled. Uh, oh, sorry, the wife is played by Beth Bears from, um, uh, what you call it, Two Broke Girls. She's the blonde one. Right, okay. Uh, 
suddenly he's discovered by a slimy uh, media executive who promises to make him famous by getting him to live in a content creator house. Uh, but instead, he, tur- he turns him into Canada's next big laughingstock. The house is in Winnipeg. Uh, can the relationship survive when the cameras turn on this couple? Oh, that's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, cooking with gas. So what was so what was the five criteria? We got Christian Vermeer's Plus as your major lead. Yep. Um, the the lady from Two Broke Girls as your very attractive but much cheaper second lead. Yep. Uh, modern quirk of a content creator house. <laughs> Where was it set? Sorry. Winnipeg. Yep. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, and that can be all wrapped up in ninety minutes. No need for anything. Oh, you've got the okay. The concept is good. Right. The next one. I was like. There's usually stuff about, like, celebrating holidays. I'm like, what's a holiday that doesn't have a film yet? Here is Pancake Day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously going to be set in England. I'm thinking the Lake District. Uh, and we can have who's, like, a, a relatively known... Like Emily Blunt. There you go. She can be your lead. Um, and we'll just get some handsome devil. You know what? The handsome devil from uh, Last Christmas and uh, Crazy Rich Asians... The, uh, he, he is English, I can't remember his name. We'll get him. Um, and there can be, like, there are two competing little cafes in the Lake District, and the big days coming of Pancake Days, like, this, this village is, like, big <laughs> deal. So they're going to desperately try to make the best pancakes possible. So you get a bit of food porn in there as well. That's, like, an added bonus. And, yeah. like, oh, that's good. Um, so, yeah, it's set in the Lake District, and then they find eight at the end, that the real pancake they were making was their relationship. Jesus fuck. Oh, God. There you <laughs> go. Fucked it, packed it. it fucked oh, off. God. Okay, Maggle, go. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we got the title Strike Again. Uh, this is a, a grindhouse film set in the late 80s. Uh, it stars Nick Holt as Jermaine mm-hmm. uh, and Jonathan Groff from Hamilton as your uh, a very attractive but less expensive person. Yeah. Um, it's set in the woodland uh, hills of Nebraska. Um, Nick and Jonathan play a caustic gay couple who were having a romantic encounter in a bowling alley as they're both <laughs> on the same 10-pin bowling team. Um <laughs> When a murder is committed after hours in the lanes, uh, the two have to go to great lengths to cover up why they were still in the building, as they're still very heavily closeted, um, while someone is trying to cover up the loose ends. Can the two come to terms with themselves and their relationship before the murderer strikes again? Oh, well done. I was going to suggest bowl over as a secondary title, but strikes <laughs> again is perfect. Wonderful. Right, this next one I've just written down... <laughs> You've got, got mail. Yeah. You've got mail, but TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the title, though I would love it to be. Um, so you can have, uh, we'll have Zooey de Chanel um, is one <laughs> half of this, and then the other half can be someone attractive. I really should have made a list of cheap, attractive people. Um, we can. Anyway, um, they could be like rival TikTok content creators during the day who've got a flame war going about who can do the best TikTok dance. All TikTok dances are the same. All you got to do is have either abs or cleavage and then just move your arms about a little bit and boom, you're a TikTok star. Um, Mm. Anyway, so they're trying to do each other, but secretly at night... They're on like a like a different. We can't actually use TikTok unless they license it. But they're on like a different platform where it's all about like seductive stuff. So you don't put your head in it. You just have from the neck down, 
and it's all mm. like seductive stuff. And it turns out they're really like you know vibing with each other on that platform, but they hate each other on TikTok, and never the twain shall meet um, <laughs> <laughs> until eventually, of course. Uh, this could be set in LA. That'll be a beautiful location. Eventually, obviously, there's like a something happens where the camera ticks off and they realise it's each other and for a, an embarrassing series of TikTok videos. I, I don't want them to meet in real life until the last scene. I want it to be done. Basically, I want it to be like, um, what's it called? Searching, the John Cho movie about, um, you know, looking for someone via the internet. I want yeah. it to be like that. I want it to be entirely TikTok. Fuck it. It's Netflix. It doesn't matter. It's entirely vertical if videos as well. <laughs> yeah, the so, film is vertical. Yes. So that is You've Got Mail, but TikTok. <laughs> oh god okay go. okay um uh okay we did one that's like set like here so like the be- what's the most beautiful location in birmingham it's probably fucking mosley or something like that oh. uh let's go with that um margot robbie is <laughs> margot robbie is a a, a, a a meet she owns an instagram page for her like shit ass little bark machine dog who's like a meme online um, and what she has to do because the dog needs surgery, she enters Crufts, oh. uh, where, she, where she meets um, a big shot dog breeder played by uh, Alden Ehrenreich, um, <laughs> who is like a big shot. He's got a winning streak. He holds the world record. He's basically a dog breeding celebrity. And Margot Robbie comes in as like the joke entry. Um, she undercuts um, Alden's winning streak by, I don't know. Um, she replaces like the dog's protein dog food with like out of date cat food or something like that, and he gets knocked out of Crufts. I don't know how Crufts works. Uh, so... <laughs> don't think that matters. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but then Margot is now the new hot favorite to win, and she's becoming a celebrity in the dog grooming world. But then their relationship, they initially start off quite friendly because he doesn't see her as a threat, and then things go sour because he knocks her out of the competition through foul play. Uh, she gets to the final and they're forced to combine forces because uh, even though Alden doesn't like uh, Margot Robbie, he realises that it's because the dog is sick and he would want to help that. And then that gets them back together when they win the show and they hook up. There we go. People like dogs. That, so... The title's Gone to the Dogs. We'll have that. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, People like dogs, so they'll definitely watch that. I have now pulled up a list of actresses in their 20s and actors in their 20s to see if we can speed up my casting process a little bit. Okay. Right, okay. next up, <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. Uh, it's called And a Pear Tree in Partridge, Kansas. <laughs> okay. I, I okay. thought there was a Partridge, Indiana, based on Parks and Rec. There isn't, but there is a place called Partridge in Kansas. So my pitch here is that Chloe Grace Moretz um, owns a boutique cafe in the town of Partridge, Kansas. And their big thing is that they have a, a pear tree in the middle of town that they have. Like It's a bit like Groundhog Day. There's like a partridge that they have in the village that obviously the Christmas tourists come in because they want to see the partridge in the pear tree in Partridge. Um, but this year, wouldn't you know it, the tree has gone missing. Local handyman, uh, Will Poulter, is uh, <laughs> like... It'll be fine. We, we we don't need it. But the, the mayor's like, no, we have to get back. And uh, Chloe Grace Mess is the head of the um, Pear Tree and Partridge um, Committee, has to then go on a road trip, a zany world road trip, through Kansas in the wintertime, 
uh, with Will Poulter trying to find a replacement pear tree. Um, and obviously they fall in love over the course of the journey uh, looking for this pear tree. And when they get back, it turns out all of the people in the town have just put some wood together, nailed it together in the shape of a tree, thanks to Will Poulter's help when it seemed like all was lost. And they have now made a artificial pear tree and the partridge sits in it and is well happy. You could have a thing of them taking the partridge with them and just trying to make them go on pear trees but it doesn't want to go on the pear tree or it's like you told me this is a pear tree this is an orange tree and so on and that is a pear tree in partridge kansas <laughs> somebody came to me in the middle of the night i don't know what tipped me off about a pear tree in partridge but it just came to me okay oh. okay okay um the last one of my pre-prepared ones um we're gonna go with a slightly older cast for this one um so Hugh McGregor plays a physician uh, working in Croatia um, who uh, is employed to work on the rich old disabled husband of Catriona Balfi from uh, Outlander. Um, unfortunately, the two fall madly in love and they make a plot to run away together when they accidentally kill the old husband. Uh, the rest of the film is basically it's a black comedy vignette style film. So in reality, the two are, the two of them are just sat in a room over the course of one night trying to think of all the crazy ways they could dispose of the body. But mm-hmm. as they're discussing it, it's being played out as actual like scenes, vignettes of how they're going to do it. Um, and the, the subject is just kind of like the idea of like it's the Ryan Johnson. What a twist movie. It's like a reverse murder mystery. It's not you're trying to find out who did it. It's more how can they get away with it? Um, I, the title that I wanted was Stiff Competition, uh, <laughs> but the title that my wife wanted was Rough Night. So take your pick. You McGregor, Catriona Balfi. It's in Croatia, so you can set it in a castle. Maybe the wrist disabled husband is a count. Maybe a Dracula reference. Who knows? Uh, yeah, there you go. It's the what a twist movie. Maybe if I've... <laughs> okay, right. Um, Where's my next up? And I don't believe this has been made yet, and I can't believe it hasn't. It's the ASMR rom com, <laughs> aka ASM romance. Oh God! So, um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Um, is an ASMR artiste, an ASM artiste um, who, um, you know, it's basically, I want two ASMR people. To just have like a very straightforward robe com, but everything is whisper talking. Right. I want the entire film to be ASMR. Um, so Willa Holland will be the uh, love interest from Skins. Um, I just I just envision it in my head of like they go to like a um, I think it's gonna have to be a bit parody in style, but they would go to like um, a restaurant and they'd be eating their food, but it'd be all shot from overhead cameras. Of just them slowly cutting up a steak with the ee, ee, ee on the plate and going, mm, <laughs> delicious. Now tell me about your interests, Will Holland. Will Holland's all like, I will, O'Shea Jackson, as she cuts a potato in half. <laughs> puts, uh, I hope this is doing it for some people. Um, mm, um, and it's just their treks across like rural New York, so like upstate New York and stuff mm. like that. So it's all just big trees and big mountains and stuff. And then what they're doing, I hope this is picking up on the microphone. I hope I'm not too quiet, but basically I want to have everything, including a sex scene. I really want, because ASMR, <laughs> let's God. be honest, 
is just pillow talk, Michael. That's all it is. People can say it's relaxing and they find it. It's just sex. So uh, I think mm-hmm. we need to have a, a ASMR sex scene in there as well, where they are going, oh, yes, and stuff like that. Like, it's all the sex noises, but they're all just turned down low, which I think would be pretty funny. And then obviously you're going to have to have a breakup scene, but it's a breakup scene where they're breaking up with each other like this, and it's like... Fuck you, I never want to see you again. How dare you break my heart? And you're like, don't you take that tone with me. Don't you raise your voice to me like that. That's what I'm hoping for, Michael. I think it's going to be brilliant. Obviously, they get back together at the end because it's an ASMR romance. But yeah, basically, I just want a two hour long ASMR video with Willa Holland and O'Shea Jackson. (laughs) I hope we never have to have that delivery again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think people are in the market for black country ASMR. How are you doing, Cocker? (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. Um, Let's... I'm completely out of the woods now, so I'm just going to... Okay, I've got got two more. (laughs) Can I get through them and then we'll... uh... We'll, we'll throw it to the winds of chance. Um, uh, I'm going. I'm going to see if I can do this on the fly. I'm going to oh, see okay, if I can do it. it. I think I can do it. Let's make a film that's all about people taking at-home DNA tests. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's say that Lakeith Stanfield um, takes a, an at-home DNA test and finds out that he has family in where is somewhere incredibly awfully white. Um, oh, Iceland, Reykjavik. There you go. Iceland, Reykjavik. He goes to Reykjavik, where he meets uh, a young woman uh, played by Sadie Sink from Stranger Things, yeah. um, who shows him his his ancestral home. And obviously, you can have a lot of fish out of water, black guy in the middle of Iceland comedy. Um, will they get together through their familial ties? Who knows? Find out in The Ancestry. Tree. Ah! <laughs> Fucking hang on, hang kill on. me. <laughs> Are you saying that this is like, like a four level deep incest movie yeah like it's his like fourth cousin twice removed or some shit like that <laughs> yeah, I, yeah that's a, that works that's a good that's good fish out of water you've got attractive leads iceland can be incredibly like you can go to the blue lagoon you can go look at the northern lights that's mm, that's prime you've got to, you've got to have a cameo from uh from uh the eurovision entry from 2020 as well from daddy Flair. That'll be yes, cool. you do. You can have. I mean, um, what's you can play like the turn? awkward older brother. Oh, a dad can be um, from Game of Thrones. What is his name? Um, oh, um, not. Oh, I know who uh, you mean. Giant Spain. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he can turn up. Um, Half your okay. name? Half your Is that him? Yes, I think that's him. Yeah, he could turn up. Uh, <laughs> this may be the most out there one I have. This is Love Shrek. <laughs> Like Love Shack, but Shrek. So, hear me out. <laughs> Did you ever watch a Justin Lee Collins TV show from like the like late two two thousands called Bring Back dot dot dot? And he did like Bring Back the A Team and Bring Back so and so. He did Bring Back Star Wars, and it was a a concept of Justin Lee Collins before he turns out he was an arsehole. Right. Would okay. go to America with just a cameraman and a same guy. And try and meet as many people of a cast from like a film or TV show as he could, and then try and set up a reunion thing. So when he did Star Wars, he went over there and he managed to meet. He didn't get Harrison Ford, and he didn't get Mark Hamill, but they did get Carrie Fisher. They got Peter Mayhew. Uh, they cornered Ronnie Barker in. Uh, so Ronnie, um, not Ronnie Barker. Um, Ronnie Barker. Um, R two D two. 
Kenny Baker. Kenny Baker. Jesus Christ, I've met the man. Um, they cornered Kenny Baker in a Morrison's. Um, they met Anthony Daniels and stuff, and then they had like a reunion show at the end um, where they got like um, David Prowse, who just recently passed away. Um, they got the guy who played Greedo. They got the guy who played uh, Boba Fett. They got them all like to come to like a reunion thing. What I'm thinking is, <laughs> you do that, but it's two people who go to LA in hopes of having a Shrek reunion. Because I realised the other day, I think Shrek might be the most unifying film for our generation other than <laughs> Toy Story. Because do you know a single person who doesn't love Shrek? Not Shrek 3, The Abomination, or maybe even Shrek 2 and 4, but the original Shrek. I don't know anyone who doesn't love that film, from at least of an age demographic. Mm. So my thought is, they go there, they're just such big fans of Shrek that they go back to um they go to america I, I i picture them both british so i'd say let's just throw uh daniel radcliffe could be one of them uh and we'll throw in uh, just who's a random sophie turner boom there you go um they go over there because they just they, they love shrek so much they just want to get all the cast together and it's just them they're kind of like awkward friends it's obviously daniel radcliffe wants to get on sophie turner and maybe the other way around as well but they're just you know, they're in it for Shrek and they haven't really explored their feelings. And then through the process of having cameos from uh, Mike Myers and Cameron Diaz and Eddie Murphy and so on, they realised that the true love they were looking for was there all along in Love Shrek. <laughs> Odd. Oh, that's so cursed. That's so cursed. I know, because I mean, everyone's on about they might be rebooting Shrek, and I don't want that. So that could be like the driving force of them, like going, "No, we don't want it to ever be like rebooted. We just want everyone to get back together, and maybe if we're the ones to reunite them. <laughs> we'll do that." So oh, yeah, God. you can just have fun cameo, and I, I, you try and like, do you know, if fanboys kind of follow some Star Wars plot points, I would try and find a way to make it like mirror Shrek somehow. But I don't know. I only have the title of Love Shrek. If, if like, the first side of the trailer is just like, I thought love was only true in fairy tales. Boom. <laughs> oh, God. Somebody oh. once told me the world, right, It's going to roll me. There's, like, That's a right. scene, there's like a you scene where the there is... In the <laughs> there's a scene where they're in the airport and the way that he finds them. <laughs> finds them. He's just said, shit, some... Yeah. Like in the background, you hear a bag drop. Party! <laughs> I, I just keep teasing that song all the way through. Some. <laughs> what is the sum of four plus four? And so, <laughs> I mean that one. I feel like because some of these I'm just making intentionally shit, but they would be like sincere. I don't feel you could do that one sincere. I think you have to. You have to get in bed with the shitness of that film. <laughs> Right, I've got one more. Do you want to have a, an on-the-fly random one and then I'll throw into this one? Okay, cool. Uh, let's do smart homes or, or like yes, voice okay. assistants. That uh -huh. is, is that, that's not one of yours, is it? No, no, but I, I think I get, I get where you're coming from. So we could have like, do you remember Her with um, uh, Wacky Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson when he falls in love with his phone? Yeah. Do you want to have that with a smart house? Oh, I already know who's the voice of the smart house. Who? We're doing a deep pull from The Simpsons. It's definitely going to be Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that is a deep pull. Oh, yes. Oh, quite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Pierce Brosnan is the smart house. He's the big pull, so we need somebody 
around Pierce's age or slightly younger to be our... Uh... Oh, this Pierce, he's like 60, I would have said. Something like that. Um, fuck, I'm trying to think of somebody uh, in that age bracket. Like Sally cheap. Fields? Oh, she's not cheap. No, um, Sally Fields ain't cheap. Oh, oh, I know who. Um, she played Tammy One in Parks and Rec, and it's Patricia Clarkson. There you go. Done. She'll do. Patricia Clarkson falls in love with her smart house person played by Pierce Brosnan um, where and she's kind of like an insular like a loner kind of person and it's the only the only friend she has is the house um, you can set it sort of like alternate near future and she's trying to save up money to try and buy like a, like an android that you can like download the yeah. smart assistant into or something like that I think it has to end with it turns out that Pierce Brosnan, like the real Pierce Brosnan, who's the voice that provided all this stuff, is real, and they fall in, like, in love at the end. Because I feel like if it's just her falling in love with her house, that, that's a bit that's a bit sad. Whereas if it's like, a, you know, played for laughs against the backdrop of like a failing relationship. So that's kind of what happened in The Simpsons as well, that Homer wasn't being the best to Marge, and Pierce Brosnan basically seduces her as a house. Um, mm. You would shag a Pierce Brosnan house. Um, <laughs> and then it, it turns out, you know, he goes, she meets the real person, and then they fall in love in real life. In what was the title? Um, try and think of like a guy's name that begins with S. Stuart. Uh, a bit Sammy, and the, instead of like Hey Siri, the film is Hey Sammy. Oh yes, Samuel. That seems like Pierce Brosnan's speed. Yeah, Hey Samuel. There we go. Hey, Sa- oh, lovely. Yes. <laughs> okay. This is my last one. This isn't necessarily based on a modern quirk, but it's some it's it's addressing one of my pet peeves in all of media. So this is called Tarot Toby. It's definitely an Adam Sandler film. <laughs> I almost made it Hubie Halloween 2, the Tarot, but I've I've no. <laughs> <laughs> so Tarot Toby cool. is a film based on tarot card predictions. Have you ever noticed that all tarot card predictions in all TV film ever made come true. That's or true. At least they are perceived to come true in, in the show. Like, oh my God, the predictions are coming true. I'm trying to stamp that out because then it breeds idiots. So uh, I'm trying to stop that because tarot cards are, of course, make-believe. So this would be a film where Adam Sandler has like a tarot card predictions from, uh, let's go with Marissa Tomei, um, but all of the predictions, and I've underlined in red, all predictions turn out to be wrong. And that is the comedy. that they, you, you keep setting up these scenarios where you think the prediction's going to go right, and then it doesn't. But then in the end, the prediction that really mattered was that he loves Marissa Tomei and wants to bang Aunt May, which is fair enough. Um, <laughs> so I just really want to address that, and I thought this is the best medium for it. This is a stupid, stupid Adam Flamler film. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, we have to make five of those before we can get like something worthwhile from him, like an uncut gems or something. So right. this is my paying towards that tariff. And you have to make an understanding film every year on Netflix. It would be Tarot Toby disproving that tarot cards are real. <laughs> tarot I am Toby. spent. I had a pipe dream of like one called Boxing Day, where you would basically try and make the WrestleMania of boxing happen on Boxing Day. But I might save that for a future sports movie pitch. So I actually want to take that one seriously. And I don't know why people haven't done it yet in real life. That's actually a good one. So we won't do that one. Yeah, exactly. We're not, in, we're not here for quality, Muggle. Uh, okay. We've got five minutes left. 
<laughs> We've got to bang out some more. Netflix is all about quantity. Right, okay. Let's make a film it's about... It's a lightning round. Um, it's about uh, uh, those people who make like custom sneakers. It's about a sneaker artist. Oh, yes. It's played by Timothy Chalamet. If the shoe fits. Um, <laughs> yes, that's the title. There we go. Boom. So Timothy Chalamet and Charlene Woodley. Um... <laughs> No, screw that. Olivia Cook, she's a bit younger. Um, yep. So she was in Ready Player One. Uh, yeah, they they all. It can be that Olivia Cook is like a, a like a, a like a do well, like a, a an uptown girl, and she keeps coming back to Timothy Chalamet to find the right shoe, but yeah. she can't find it. And eventually they try and you know they keep bickering with each other, like how hey, are you not getting this right? Eventually he decides to try and study her to find the exact shoe for her, and it turns out the exact shoe for Olivia Clark is Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Walk all over me. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's better. Yes. Okay. If the shoe fits, or walk all over me. I'm happy with those. Packed it, booked it, fucked off. Next. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, let's go. I mean, we've done a shoes one now. I feel like that was like one of the big things. Uh, let's what's, do. What's in right now? Uh, what do the kids do? Uh, let's do one about uh, uh, like you know, like a weird like exercise class like you know those ones that are basically a cult oh um, yeah spin a crossfit or like oh yes okay <laughs> there we go we got something right we need somebody hench in the oh star oh god star crossfit lovers <laughs> yeah done <laughs> okay it's about uh who who would make do we want the cheaper guy, the cheaper one to be jacked, or the expensive one to be jacked? Let's have them both jacked. Um, oh, I think you could probably get. Um, uh, oh my god, just Cara Dune in the Mandalorian. Her oh, name yeah. Is, oh, uh, I can't remember. She's an M and A woman. She yeah. Went, I wanted her to be Wonder Woman. I, I will look that up. But her. Even um, uh, Cara Dune is played by Gina Carano. Gina Carano, of course. So Gina Carano, and who's just a buff, well put together piece of meat. Um, let's have a look at this list. Is Gina Carano a big get, or is she the cheaper one? I think she'd be the cheaper one. Okay. Um, and then you could get Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill. There you go. He's a well put together man. Um, do you want it to be like a tournament style? Like they're just they're they're competing to be the best at CrossFit. Or, or maybe you... they maybe they've got like rival programs that are available. Oh, there you go. Yes, and then it ends in like a gladiators type thing where they have to like go for an assault course. Oh, you could really play on the whole. It's it's star-crossed lovers. It's basically jacked Romeo and Juliet. <gasps> yes, they can be from rival families, yes. Like, is there <laughs> any, like, can we get anything out of Capulet and uh, Montague that's like a, like a pun on being strong? I, uh, I think you could just make it their last names and it's just a straight-out reference. Oh, it, uh, do like Monty, so it's not on the nose, on the nose, like how they did it in um, uh, 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 Warm Bodies. Yeah. You don't really realize that it's like Julian R, and you're like, oh, fuck me. It can be the Monty and uh, Kappa. Or like, or like, it's like Capuletero or something like that. It's like some yes. kind of like, it's like they're an Italian family, so like she's from a big family. Um, yes. that have like have been uh, like have like box boxing gyms open and they're like launching like a new program whereas like the monty comes from like the money family who've got basically had like all the success with like their version of like p90x 
Oh, 100%, yes. This is all the same. You can just have a lot of, like, it's, again, the attractive quotient can be through the roof, because they're all just, you just get gigantic dudes and women to just, or, okay. You can have one incredibly angry sex scene. Oh, could you, no, a very athletic one. Like, they're like kind of a rock wall, but still having sex. Um, <laughs> hell yes. Right, we've got a minute left. Give us a random movie title, and we'll see what we can do. Okay, I'm going to hit this. Pick a number between one and six. Six. Okay, uh, we're going with Forsaking the Graveyard. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, oh, we can no. do it. It's fine, we can do emo. Um, who's emo? Uh, Clay, Chloe Grace Moretz. She can do creepy. Oh, she's, um, got, she's managed to get two deals out of this one. Uh, and who else is a bit of an odd-looking dude? Lucas Hedges. Yes, beautiful. Um, they can be... Um, what? What's in? What's a deaf thing that's in? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, well, oh, oh, can't get stumped with this. They could do... Do you know how there's a, there's a meme going round of, like, the African funeral with them all, like, dancing with a coffin on their shoulders? <laughs> right. They could be trying to like import that to America, and um, yeah, they, they're like they're like recovering goths basically, and they end up in like a funeral home run by their one of them's parents, and then it's like her best mate has been dragged into this. They're kind of over being goths, but the funeral home is going out of business, and their idea is to put together a Ghanaian funeral procession in america to capitalize on the memeness of it and <laughs> it turns out the dance of death they were doing all along was towards each other <laughs> well we've officially ended the half hour on the worst idea possible wow okay that was as beautiful as i thought it was going to be that was fun that was really fun so oh. It's now over to you. Uh, you have to tell us which of these all feasible Netflix shitty movies you would want to watch. Um, oh, which one was I like to watch? I think the sneaker one sounds like that could definitely happen. Yeah, like some kind of like like a lot of the. Um, it's a bit like Titanic in that like the the sneaker artist is a bit like they're trying to draw her thing. Yes. That that could be some kind of like low level YA romance. Oh, shit. you can call her Cindy because of course you, know, you can do the Cinderella thing. Yeah. Oh no, that's a really good idea. Oh go. no. <laughs> We're not here for subtlety, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no. I really, I just like a pear tree in partridge cancers. <laughs> Just that, that's that's easy. You just get a load of people, a load of trees, drive around beautiful woodlands trying to find a pear tree. <laughs> I'll go right. It's the, like out of the ones that I thought of, the one I want to watch the most of is like the closeted gay couple in Nebraska. Yeah, that sounds like that could actually be good. Like that yeah. could actually be like their Brokeback Mountain of the situation. So if nothing else, we had one semi-quality pitch come out of it. <laughs> um, I just. I, I had such a fun time like when I was telling the wife about this pitch and she was like, literally, it took her 30 seconds to go, I want to see Margot Robbie at Crufts. <laughs> like, okay, yes. Okay. I, I want to see uh, Christopher Mintz Plass in a content creator house. That sounds like an awful time. <laughs> it's like, because it's like, it's basically the spiritual successor to Superbad because he's a fucking loser and now he's old and past it and doing like young shit. Oh, Beautiful. oh we've had some truly cursed ideas <laughs> all viable though 
The kids will be lining up to watch Pancake Day, I'm telling you now. <laughs> hey, we didn't make that into kind of like, you know those like videos where they do like pancake art? Oh, yeah, well that'd be part of it. They're artists and chefs, of course it is. They've got to fanny around with like drawing the fucking Mona Lisa into a pancake. <laughs> oh, that was everything I wanted it to be and more. Oh, Merry Christmas, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Muggle. Plug away. You can go and find me on Twitter and Instagram and at that might go. And you can go and follow Darren on Twitter and Instagram and at the Guttridge. You can go and follow the site on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook under the username FowleyNT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you can pick up an RSS feed under the username FowleyNT or FowleyNT Podcast, depending on your service provider. And of course, go to FowleyEntertainment.com for more stuff like this, more weird pitch insanity. And, of course, all the end-of-year stuff, which should be either out or rolling out right now as we talk. Oh, God, next up. We haven't done the review for The Mandalorian Season 2. Mm-hmm. That's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my third most played song on Spotify this year. I don't know how that happened. Oh, I just, I like to, at some point on a Friday, because I keep forgetting The Mandalorian comes out on a Friday, so I'll just, like, run around the house, find my radio, stand outside the door and just go, and it was like, oh yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 gearing up to be a good end of season. I hope they can stick the landing. And yes, we will have a full review of that ahead of all of the end of year stuff. This one can kind of come out whenever, so this is a wild card for when you might be hearing this. So the Mandalorian might already be reviewed on their website. You'll just have to go to failentertainment.com to check that out. You certainly will. But thank you for listening to this incredibly weird yet oddly satisfying episode of Pitch Intense. Um, Keep an eye out for all the end of year 2020 stuff coming up because we're about to hopefully exit the hell year and uh, go into one where films and shit are actually coming out. Wouldn't that be nice? Maybe Netflix will pinch some of these ideas to buff up their library. Who knows? Bye, everybody! Bye!